welcome to the Mason Jar Podcast. I'm Renee Mathis, and I'll be your host for this series of podcasts on mentoring moms. Whether you are a young mom in need of guidance or an older mom with wisdom to share, I hope you'll join me on this encouraging journey. Today, my guests, plural, are two friends who I first met online as part of a classical homeschooling moms group and later in real life at the Searcy Conferences. Jamie Marstall and Jody Shell are sisters. So today we're going to hear some of their thoughts as both experienced homeschool moms and also moms who share that special bond of family. Can sisters also be mentors? Let's find out. Welcome Jody and Jamie. Hi Renee. Thank you. Good to have you both. So I'd love to hear a little bit about who you are so our listeners can get to know you. And since they're going to be hearing two voices in addition to mine, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your family. So um, Jamie, why don't you go first? Okay. My name is Jamie Marstall. I live in South Central Iowa, the Dutch community of Pella, which is beautiful. I have four children. The oldest is 18 and recently graduated. And then I have three younger who are almost 17, 15, and 10. My husband is a software designer, and he works from home. And you moved to Iowa from Texas because you were living in Texas when we first met, and you've been at my house with some of your kids. And why did you decide to make the move? Since John can work anywhere, you left the great state of Texas. It's true. We loved loved living in Texas. And we had moved there for John's job. He grew up in Missouri, and I grew up in Nebraska. We met at college, and his job kind of moved us toward toward Austin. We started out in in the Fort Worth area, and then we're in Austin for seven years. And as our kids got a little bit older and all our family remained in the Midwest, we felt like um, those cousin, sister, uncle, aunt, grandparent relationships were precious to us. Um, That support system was important to us. And we decided before the children were too deeply rooted as young adults that we should move back closer to family if we could. And because he works from home, we had the, the freedom to kind of choose where to be. So we chose a place between most of our immediate family, and that was South Central Iowa. And how long have you been there now? Three years. Three just years. three years now. That's gone by fast. <laughs> It also helped, and Jody can maybe mention this, that um, we wanted to be closer to Jody's family in, in part because our children are closely spaced mm-hmm. um, with one another. And she had moved to Iowa the year before, and that gave us sort of the the chance to look somewhere we hadn't before mm-hmm. as a place to to move back to the Midwest. Oh, great. All right. Well, thanks. That's great, Jamie. And Jody, your turn. I'm Jody Shell, and I have seven children. My oldest is 22 and recently married. They just celebrated their one-year anniversary. I have an 18-year-old who also just graduated, a 16-year-old, 14, 12, 10, and then I have tail baby, Martha, who is four. And we live in, I call it almost Minnesota, Iowa, because we're four miles from the Minnesota border. So we're actually, um, we do a lot of stuff in, in Albert Lee, Minnesota, and then, and then we are not very far from Mason City, Iowa. So it's kind of right between the two, and it's a lovely place. Lots of trees. We moved here from um, western Nebraska, where there aren't a lot of trees, <laughs> and 
my husband works for a nursing home and this was his first job as the administrator for this particular nursing home. So he went through kind of a training program and this was his first placement. And we said, okay, Iowa, it's not all that far from most of our family and we've never lived in Iowa. So we'll give it a go. All right. All right. So, and it was great because then Jamie followed me a year later and this is the close, this is the first time we've lived in the same state since we graduated from high school. So. Oh, that's great. Now remind me again, how far apart are you hours? Um, it's about two and a half hours, two hours and 45 minutes, depending on how you drive. Not bad. I mean, that that's just. I mean, it takes me an hour just to get across Houston. So right. <laughs> you guys are like neighbors. That's that's wonderful. That's true. For those of y'all who you know are at home and just listening, you don't have the benefit. I, I'm watching Jody and Jamie on video, and and they each have a very interesting um, thing hanging behind them where they're sitting there recording, and that gives a lot of insight into what else they do. So you've heard that these are very busy homeschooling moms with a lot of kids. Let's see, I counted eleven between you. Is that right? Yes. Jamie has four and Jody has seven. Um, Jamie has a map of the world behind her on her wall. And, and why do you have the map of the world up there? Um, I'm in my, well, it's in the office, but um, in the mornings, the very early mornings, I teach ESL online to children in China. And so that's one of the, the things that I put in my classroom just to make it look a little bit more official as a background for the children that I'm teaching. So I've been up and teaching um, for a while already this morning. All right. And uh, Jody has a picture of uh, two sisters, appropriately enough, an antique picture who are standing and singing and playing a piano. So tell us about what you do, Jody. I am a piano teacher. I have a studio both in Northwood here in our home and then also in Albert Lee, Minnesota. So between the two, I have Ooh, between 40 and 50 students, depending on what time of the year it is. So I start teaching about two o'clock in the afternoon and then I teach in the evenings, which interestingly was one of the, the reasons to get started in homeschooling because I was not willing to give up um, all the time with my kids if they were in school all day long. And so it was just a beautiful gift. And it was actually what I had always wanted to do from the time I started piano lessons. I loved my piano teacher and I wanted to do just what she did. So Teaching is kind of an all-day thing. That's wonderful. Thank you. And that was my next question is, how did you decide to homeschool? So for <laughs> you, Cody, it was, it was a way to be with your family and to continue doing something yep, else. Yep. It really was kind of the perfect blend for us. And um, it sort of satisfied my itch to continue on with, with music stuff and, um, and still see my kids all day long. And my husband was also a musician initially anyway. And we, uh, we just have made it work pretty well. And so uh, we love it. That's great. And Jamie, what about you? How did y'all decide to homeschool? Hmm. I think that for me, it was more of an ideas first trajectory. I remember reading about a liberal arts education and a literary education before I had children in high school and college. And I think that fired an idea of what education could be. And before having children, I didn't know a lot of homeschoolers. I didn't know what that would look like in a particular home. My husband and I had an idea of maybe the family culture that we wanted. And just as I read and books like The Well-Trained Mind came out when I had my firstborn, uh, within a year or two of that, And um, I began to, there are other books kind of were being written that said, you could do this at home if you didn't have a a classical or a Charlotte Mason school. 
And so as that, the ideas of what I wanted education to look like for my children sort of took root, how to implement them at home followed naturally from that. Uh, We also Mm -hmm. lived in, in an urban area with our littlest and our school options were not great. And it made it just a really natural choice. We were also a one-income family, which made private school, had we had one that appealed to us philosophically, not a likely choice. So we started homeschooling and, and never looked back. It was a great fit for, for our family. Has been. Continues yeah. to be. <laughs> yeah. I love that y'all represent such a spectrum of, of ages. I mean, Jody's youngest is four. And it sounds like Jody, you also have the oldest at twenty-two. Yep, <laughs> I started first, and I'm yeah, continued longer. So <laughs> continue longer. Um, so you know, you you really seen the spectrum of you. You've got one you basically haven't started yet, right? That you have, have finished, um, and then gone to college. And now is is Trent graduated from college yet? Yep, Trent graduated um, May the fourth from Covenant. And go Scots! Yay! <laughs> go Scots! Right. Uh, yep. And then his wife will also be done in December and graduate next May. So they are still living there. And yeah, I, I'm holding off on doing much of anything with Martha. I had seen a post not too long ago about the the youngest feral child <laughs> running amok and sort of doing their own thing. And I'm a little concerned that that could be Martha. <laughs> okay. But she's picking things up quickly on her own without a lot of, she gets read to a lot by lots mm-hmm. of older siblings. But as far as starting anything school-wise, we haven't done much. <laughs> right. A feral child. I like that. Uh, where's Max going to college? He is headed to New College Franklin in August. Oh, neat. So I'm super happy that at least uh, they're within the same uh, target area to, to yeah. go visit. So and we're really excited to see how, how New College Franklin pans out for him. Wonderful. Okay. And then Jamie, your oldest is headed to college in the fall. Yes. Um, Bennett will be at Dort University studying engineering. Very good. Well, tell me a little bit, oh, Jamie, we'll start with you. What does your homeschool look like? You mentioned Charlotte Mason. You mentioned the classical you know, tradition with the well-trained mind. So just give us a little snapshot of the Marshall family homeschool. Okay. Sort of the average day. <laughs> if, if such a thing exists. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, well, with my, with my two oldest, Bennett has just graduated. And my next oldest, I kind of shifted more into a facilitator role. Um, they have a mix of online or local tutorials along with my reading for them. So they kind of begin the day and work through their their lists of classes and subjects as they need to. They check in with me for narrations from their history and literature as the day goes on. Let's see. Uh, My husband, because he works from home, actually teaches math to Olivia, Sophia, and Nora, the three girls. Mm -hmm. And so he does that first thing before he goes into the office. So let's see. And then after they've kind of worked on math for a while, we gather and do a morning time um, together, which includes our Ambleside online subjects, whatever books I think are meaningful and, and a good mix for, what, for the ages that I have each time. This year, we had to kind of switch back and forth between a morning time where Bennett was available and one where he wasn't. So that was something new this year. That takes us about an hour, and then we move to sort of table subjects with the younger two girls. Um, Nora's 10, so she's more hands-on. She's doing Ambleside online. Uh, year four, she just finished that. And then Sophia, I, it's mostly writing, 
that she and I work on together. Most everything else, she's fairly independent. So we work on table work till after lunch. And then I read to Nora some of her books in the afternoon. That's kind of how the day goes. All right. Very good. Um, are your kids involved in after-school activities or do you have a local homeschool community that you do things with? Some of them have done choir one day a week with the local homeschool choir. And that also includes a park day. They, the two oldest have worked part-time jobs the last two years. And so they're usually done and, and off to work by the early afternoon if, if they're scheduled that day. And the younger two have not been involved in as many outside. They have music instruments that they practice and usually have plenty of time for their personal hobbies and crafts and things that they like to work on. That's nice. Very good. Jamie, what about you? What, what is your homeschool? Oh, Jody, sorry. Um, which, <laughs> one which one of y'all is older? Me. Jody. Uh, yep. Okay. Uh, not by much. Uh, and there's sort of the, the running family joke is that uh, Jamie and I are close enough in age, but she was actually given the firstborn personality. And so she's always sort of been a little more um, go to it than me with a it's lot of true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I was willing to let her have it. So yeah, for, for the most part, our, our homeschool day starts with, we do um, morning time together and because I love hymns and I love to sing and um, make my children do all of those things with me. We usually have uh, usually about an hour and maybe 15, 20 minutes of morning time where we do lots of singing, lots of folk songs, <laughs> and then readings and, and catechism and those kind of things. Then that's usually, we try to start around eight and we get usually done about nine, nine fifteen, And then <clears throat> we kind of move into table subjects for the most part and I work with my 10-year-old doing his reading and, and Ambleside stuff. And then pretty much we get things wrapped up together by early afternoon. Then I usually start studio work. And if there's things that they haven't finished yet, readings and narrations that are on their own, they continue doing those. And we have been involved in homeschool co-ops in the past. We had um, a, a fairly busy homeschool um, co-op when we lived in Western Nebraska. And I did choir things with that. And that was a really big part of my older kids' lives. Since we have moved to Iowa, there in our in our little town, there are not as many people that homeschool. In fact, I, I only know of one other family. <laughs> and so we, we have some very good friends that live not too far away that we get together with. And Friday is kind of our day to spend time with them. And we will do, you know, field trip together. We've gone and done some Laura Ingalls Wilder things because we have several different things close to us that we've been able to do together. So less on the large cooperative kind of things mm -hmm. in this stage of life, but they've got some real good friendships between those, the co-ops that we've had and it's fit our life pretty well. <laughs> very good. Very good. Well, yeah, y'all, y'all are very busy. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> like you have a really good balance of keeping your hand on things that are important and, and need to be done at home. I, I like that. I love that word table work. I don't know. We didn't call it that when I was teaching my kids, but I like that. It sort of delineates, you know, the, the stuff you have to do with the paper and pencil at the table. The sofa, the sofa work and the, the table work. Right, right. <laughs> There's mom gets to read aloud on the sofa. We do a lot of that. Yep. That's good. Are your girls still in the debate? One was in Houston for a speech. That was, 
Um, yeah, Olivia competed in, in speech and debate in Texas a little bit. And then the first year we were here because students can, homeschool students can dual enroll in um, um, extracurriculars and, and coursework yeah. at the local school. Um, and after one year of that, her freshman year, she had other things that she wanted to pursue more. So that's kind of taken over that. Yeah. She may still, um, in collegiate years, do some drama or... Right. Yeah. It's fun to watch where, they, where, where their interests go. Yeah. Yes. Where they end up. Well, y'all are both very busy. And I'm curious where you get encouragement and guidance. As we think about this idea of mentorship, um, I, like, I like the definition that a mentor offers a special kind of guiding relationship with the goal of helping you flourish. So um, is that something that has, has been a part of your life, either formally or informally? Where, where do you get encouragement? What does that look like for y'all? Well, I think um, there, especially in, in our previous churches, we've always had several older ladies that were really invested in, not, they weren't even homeschool moms, but they just cared about developing relationships with younger women in the church. And for me, I had two wonderful women, um, Mickey and Tony, that were part of our, we did a little Wednesday morning Bible study for a lot of years, just every Wednesday, plugging through the word, spending time together. And I think that more than, you know, homeschooling wasn't really ever even something that they offered advice or, or information on at all, because they hadn't done that with their families. But just living faithfully and raising your kids and those kind of things. So I, I think that in their world, that was their intentional ministry to younger moms. And so I, I've always looked back on those years and thought, yeah, that's, that's what mentoring looks like. And so at, at this point, a lot of um, what Jamie and I have together, I feel like is she loves to read all of the books and I love to hear about all of the books. <laughs> I, I do listen to quite a few on Audible or, or LibriVox, but I, I feel like she is has always been the concise, um, she boils it down for me. <laughs> and so since she's so great at synthesis, I let her do that. And, and, and she narrates a lot of things to me. So um, as far as, I, I don't know if it's necessarily would be considered a mentorship, but I feel like that that's been a lot of our years together is maybe where, where her strengths are and where my strengths are has been a push for each other. And so that's been really, really good. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, along with Jody's just enough ahead of me. Um, so she had to figure out college and high school and um, some things like that first and walk through marrying off one. And so that's, that's helpful for me to have a a go-to person to ask questions of some of those nitty-gritty parenting and child-raising things. Um, I would start with, um, we both have a mom who prays very faithfully and um, has been good about advice, but not too much, a good balance of being, a, being available and accessible with questions. And again, I think mothers aren't mentors in the, in maybe the traditional way because that they're just mothering. <laughs> I mean, right. they're leading and guiding as, as mothers, but, and she doesn't, she didn't homeschool, but she's been supportive and had good insights uh, as we've raised teens, especially, I think. And then um, when I was in college, I was involved with Campus Crusade and had a formal 
mentor through that who I still look back on and think, wow, I learned so much about being a, a wife and a, um, having an open hospitable home um, from, from that mentoring relationship. Mm-hmm. And then um, in my young, sort of once I was home with children and looking around outside of my church, online communities have been an amazing resource for me to find mentors who were a little bit ahead of me and had thought through some of the same ideas and some wonderful relationships have formed for those. And I still, um, Renee, you know this, <laughs> occasionally have a question. I say, what do I do? Um, what should I think about this to moms who have who have raised kids and done well? And um, I have a, Cindy Rollins has been a wonderful online and real life mentor mm-hmm. and other women like that, that that, yeah, I'm quick to say, okay, what do I do now? <laughs> and their guidance and experience has been so valuable. For other encouragement, I was just going to say, for the moms listening, if they have a chance to attend some sort of um, meaty retreat, maybe, I don't, I haven't been to the big traditional homeschool conferences, but some of um, Circe conferences have nourished my soul for year after year. Uh, I think I've been to 10 <laughs> now, and then uh, this last spring, I attended my first Ambleside online retreat, and it was so encouraging. And uh, the women there have been, have again, been incredible mentors to many. Absolutely, I, so many wonderful things. I'm, I'm writing notes down as fast as I can while y'all are talking because you're hitting all the good, the good things I wanted to talk about today. Which is, Jody, you used the word invested. You talked about these older women at your church, and that's Titus too, right? It's the older. Yep. You and too. that's what I called them. I they they were my Titus twos, and they just really were in, invested in teaching and training and loving us. Uh, the the group of younger moms that met together, um, and yeah, it was exactly that. But it sounds like it didn't happen by accident either. You had a culture where that was an opt and it was available. It could it could happen, but you had to make the effort to go to that Bible study. Yeah, <laughs> you had to be there. And right. um, and be willing to be mentored by the right. women, but how wonderful that they answered God's call to do that, to do that for you. Um, and then you're praying, mom. I mean, is there? That's a spe- you're right, Jamie. That is a special kind of maybe not a mentor in the formal sense, but someone God can use. Um, in our lives. And I want these podcasts not to be just for the younger moms who are listening, but also for those of us of this age who want to mentor others. And, and we can learn from, from, from y'all, for example, what does that look like? Um, how can I find someone to invest my life in when, when I get to the age where that's a possibility? And of course, as moms, we all need to be praying, praying for our kids. That's a great, great reminder. And uh, uh, Jamie, you mentioned the Amplified Online Conference. I have to tell you that when uh, in a previous co- podcast for this mason jar, when I talked to my daughter, Katie, she specifically mentioned you <laughs> as one of her mentors. So I oh, love that this is like a whole family. <laughs> to watch you guys go to Amplified, and, and I was never a quote-unquote Charlotte Mason educator in the formal sense with my own kids. But um, I'm like, man, my daughter is getting to meet all my friends. <laughs> She's going to this great event. And in, in Katie's words, a mentor is someone a little farther along than I am who's willing to answer my questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So thank I, you for doing that. Well, and, you know, Renee, I'm kind of in that middle, middle stage, and Jody is too, in that we both still have children at home, but we are 
far enough along that younger moms are starting to ask things. And it's been kind of a transition for me to, to see myself in that way and be available in that way and not, I don't know, private and quiet about home life and, and what we do. But God is really continuing to provide opportunities that I didn't, didn't look for um, to answer questions and try to be helpful. Right. And you, like Jody said, you have that gift of synthesizing things and getting very, getting to the point quickly and, and answering wisely. So, well, I don't know about quickly, but I do get there <laughs> if you'll stick along. But yes, thank you. I love your, your mutually beneficial relationship. One reads the books, one listens to the summary. <laughs> so, oh, yes. That was good. Um, y'all have both had the experience fairly recently within the last three years for Jamie though. What do you do when you move to a new situation and a new location, a new church, new homeschool community? Um, how do you get plugged in? Ooh, yeah. Um, and it's a hard, a hard road. I think most people who have moved, um, know that it takes time and there's often a kind of a grieving period when you've left behind a, a church, a family, and uh, maybe close friendships, and you kind of want those replaced right away, and it it just takes time. I've done t- three major moves, I guess, since getting married, and each time about two years <laughs> to mm-hmm. sort of feel like I was woven into a, a new church family where I could both uh, serve and um, feel like I could be open and connected to people. With homeschooling, it's just varied the ages of my children. When they were younger and we were at home more, it was easier just to go to a park day and meet moms. It didn't in- interrupt our, our day and our schedule in the same way that once they were school age, I had to be a little more mindful whether or not taking the time enhanced what we were doing at home or, or took away from it. But yeah, how to plug kids in to build relationships. I'm not one that worries about socialization as a formal thing, but, mm-hmm. but children certainly need Com- comrades. They need friends along the way who are doing this too. Right. And um, so finding those opportunities. And my oldest is super extroverted. And so he f- found his people as best he could, wherever he could. And with, with my younger girls, I've had to be a little bit more intentional and push, push them a little bit into trying new things to just to meet people, even if they didn't care about the activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. Take time and be patient. Yeah. Well, and our situation was definitely um, a kind of a little bit harder. Uh, we just, there, there were not nearly as many homeschoolers in the new community. Uh, in our church, there are very few. There's a, a few, we attend a church where there's a lot of young moms with brand new, you know, just lots of itty bitties but almost no teens or, or older kids. And so that has definitely been a lot harder uh, road. And then when we, we initially moved here, there was, um, there was one other family that we got connected with pretty quickly in the town that my husband works in, which is just a few miles down the road. And there, they have been just God's gift to our family. They had two girls that were very close in age to two of mine, and then a younger boy who was exactly the same age as, as Jeff. And so that's just been really wonderful to have at least one other family that are very similar in kind of the way we school. And so it's just been providence to, to have God drop them in our lap as it were. 
And then having Jamie move only two and a half hours away was just the best thing ever because we have kids that really just uh, love spending time together. And um, those cousin relationships, I would not trade those for anything in the world. They've just been, they have enriched my kids' life so much to have them close enough to do things with. And we're going to try to um, kind of incorporate a few more things together again. It got harder when Max and Bennett, our oldest two boys, started working more and doing those kind of things. But for a while, we were trying to get together once every couple of weeks, I would go down to Pella for the weekend. And once every couple of weeks, she would come up to Northwood. And so we would try to do some reading Shakespeare together and, and uh, doing our some art study and singing our folk songs together. So, and that got a little bit more challenging over the last year. Or so, well, two years. <laughs> the yeah, first yeah. That she moved here, we did pretty great with that, but then schedules for all of the big kids got yes. harder and harder, but so yeah, I'm I think that we can do that again. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, that really softened our transition because we made, we made a major move with high schoolers or late junior high, early high schoolers. And it was really hard for my kids. Um, we are at a small church where they're the oldest kids and in a, in a smaller community, it's a little harder if you're outside the schools to, to find Definitely. relationships mm-hmm. and having that bridge of family relationships within, again, two and a half hours might seem a long ways for some people, but after 14, 15 hours apart, mm-hmm. an easy weekend trip, to even just to spend one night together for the kids to to play and do some of our morning time activities together. Yeah, reading Shakespeare together was was so much fun. <laughs> now that we're graduating kids, we don't have as many readers, but right. we, hopefully we can try try this coming year to to do a little bit more of that. Oh, what a fun idea. That sounds wonderful. I love hearing that. So I'm curious, your family's relationships are wonderful. Definitely a major part of a your life and it's a, so enriching for you. What was your relationship like as sisters? You as well? oh, this, this will give moms hope. This will give uh, many, many moms hopes about, about their sibling relationships. No. So we're about 18 months apart, 17 months apart with two fairly strong personalities. And um, uh, it was, it was, we were not kind to each other. No, we're not. <laughs> we didn't like each other until I left home. <laughs> we had very different friend groups and our friends didn't click. It was some of it was maybe some of the natural overflow of age segregated sort of I'm right. in this grade, I think you're that in this was a grade. Huge amount of it. Yes, because um being the oldest one, you know, even just I my I I felt like even being really very kind and generous to my younger sister and her, all her friends. Why would you hang out with them? Why would you, you know, <laughs> it was sort of just built in. You kept to your own. You didn't really <laughs> hang out with kids in different age brackets at all, even though we were only 18 months apart and um, should have even at that stage been, I think our early years before we started school, we were very good friends <laughs> because we were the only playmates the other one had. So that I think that was actually one of the other things that looking back on, um, I, my, my aunt and uncle homeschooled their kids. Um, and they had three and initially I was pretty sure they were going to ruin their kids because, you know, they were homeschooling and they were going to be anti, not socialized properly. And, and then when I saw not only their, their walk with Christ never really faltered, they were solid in what they knew. And not that that's always the case, but it was something that I, I looked at and went, 
wow, that's different. I mean, they just, they just were solid. And then their relationships with each other were so very different than what I had grown up with. I looked at them and went, they really do enjoy spending time together. And my, the, the youngest of those three, my cousin was willing to come and we lived fairly close to them. They were, he would come and play with my kids and really enjoy it. And he was four or five years older than them. And it never bothered him that um, they were so much younger. He was, they were, yeah. So it was just, I think that was a lot of it was the age segregation, but so yes, that should give lots of moms hope that even if their kids don't necessarily get along. <laughs> what do you think changed? What, what, what caused a shift? I mean, your mom's prayers. Thank you, Lord. What do you think caused the shift that now, now you're friends? I think being in the same stage of life, eventually, yeah. um, it seems like, you know, the difference between high school and college seems like a big step. But once you're all out of college and having families, there's just so much commonality. More right. We had more in common in being moms than I think we had previously because our, our personalities are, are enough different <laughs> that we didn't have, I wouldn't say a lot in, in common in just our, our interests, but that sort of that shared, shared love of our families and, and um, mellowing with age, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably a big part the of it. <laughs> things that were, that were so important, like being right <laughs> and winning it <laughs> and winning an argument, um, eventually are less important than, than so peace. Important, though, so. <laughs> <laughs> and, then the relationship, um, maturity, Christ growing yeah. us, I think to, to keep our eyes on him and not, um, one upmanship kind of thing. Right. Yeah, that's, I think a lot of it is just growth and, and sanctification and good husbands who are peaceful <laughs> and, and, um, oh yes, less argumentative. <laughs> okay, chill. How would okay. you say, what are you doing to, to help your kids? Do you think to, to have good relationships both within your families and with the cousins? Because obviously this is something you want to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, other than homeschooling, which naturally forces um, more peacemaking, <laughs> um, just because we have to live together in peace. I think the fact that that my kids share so much of their education um, and have things that they can connect over, even if their personal interests are different, sharing books together. I think having a family reading culture has been, has knit my kids together more than they realize maybe, mm -hmm. but they have the same inside jokes about books. They have the same characters that they dislike, um, that they root for. And, and I really think that, that that has done a lot just to knit them together. But then, um, yeah, I think pointing them to what God's word says about considering others more mm -hmm. than yourself um, just reiterating that over and over again, that we're, we're called to be servants to one another and, and hopefully affirming that when I, when we see it. Right. Yeah. right. But we've had, I have three and three years close together. So plenty of opportunities for sibling strife, yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully consistency and, and they'll look back and, and love that we've, that we've knit, knit them together in those ways. Right. That is a blessing. Yeah. Jody, any words of wisdom on? Yeah. And I think yeah, a lot of times, you know, I, with, I have enough kids that they've kind of buddied up in different ways. Sometimes, sometimes there's an odd man out. I have, uh, 
when um, Trent was still at home and Max, and they're four years apart, they're both pretty mellow temperament and they got along really well. And then Gabby is, is uh, she just always wanted to do what the boys did. And that kind of left her two younger sisters uh, were always a little about Gabby. <laughs> and so now I, I think that as they all are growing up, it, it, those, those shifts have happened differently, but it, there's, there's always a little strife here and there. But for the most part, at the end of the day, they do enjoy so many things together. And a lot of it is the same, same kind of things that they enjoy or that they are willing to, um, one does better at another thing. And so they share their gifts, I think. And maturity Mm -hmm. is a lot of it. It is. It is. I know for my own kids, now that all five are grown and out of the house, it is a joy to see them connect with each other and to be friends with each other. And that's just one of the rewards of, of having older kids. It's wonderful. Um, and, and technology helps too when we're all yeah. apart. Yes. Yeah. One of mine said, you know, mom, a phone call is just too much pressure for me to think <laughs> about everything I've done all week. So, so we do this little video chat thing called Marco Polo and, and she can give me a 20, 20 second update whenever she feels like it. And I'm thrilled. I get that little glimpse into her life. Right. Another daughter is like, oh, no, I don't do video chats. Never. But she'll text. So yes, yes. you better believe I'm going to go where they are, right? I'll, if she's going to text, I'm going to text, right? It, it is a lot of fun. And God is good. And I'm so glad to see y'all building, <laughs> building those family, family relationships. Um, thinking about resources for mentoring, does Charlotte Mason have anything to say about mentor? <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> Jamie's read all <laughs> No, I, I, I haven't. I'm getting there. Um, I still have a little ways to go. But so I was thinking about this. This was the hardest question that, that you had. Um, That's why I asked so, you. <laughs> so I wanted to think about, um, I can't think of a place where she formally recommends um, for or against mentoring, but she talks about being wary of personalities that are too much in the school, and when she's talking about teachers, that a child can be easily not love the idea and learning. They just want to please the teacher. Mm-hmm. If a teacher has too strong a personality, and I thought that would be something that would be applicable to what you would look for in a mentor. Mm-hmm. If it's someone whose personality is so big, maybe, or you're so drawn to that you're willing to maybe not think through your own ideas that you're too easily led, that might be something to be on guard against. Charlotte Mason certainly believed that the primary mentor or guide in education was the Holy Spirit, that, that all learning is by the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And so she would say, look, look to Christ to lead and guide you, trust in the Holy Spirit. I, I think the very existence of the Parents National um, Union that she helped to form so that parents could encourage one another and and give guidance. She had people write articles that could kind of help with the nitty gritty of practicing her methods. She herself was certainly a mentor as as a school, opening a school where she ran and trained teachers. And then the other thought that I had was that she would say books. She would say find find a guide in in literature in a good living book. Um, a 
a dead person is still a person. Um, she certainly rested her ideas on a lot of great minds and guides from the past, mm-hmm. going beyond it in some ways, but find, find living books where the ideas can lead and guide you toward, toward the end that, that you want to go. That's beautiful. Thank you for, for doing the work to think. <laughs> yeah, I, and maybe I, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert. I'm still, I'm still learning so much and digging in, but those are some thoughts that I had. That's beautiful. Yeah. Be wary of personalities, be, be led by the Holy spirit, find, find your community and don't neglect living books. Right. Um, Which I mean, you asked about some of our mentors and yeah. and certainly I can think yeah. of women that I've read um, men as well, but people in, in the areas I wanted to be, I wanted to learn from others, but yeah, certainly I think of Elizabeth Elliot, what a mentor she's been by her books and radio mm-hmm. to so many or other women like that. Right. So, so resources that you love, who, who are some of your favorite, maybe literary mentors or, or resources that you would share? Elizabeth Elliot, certainly. Yeah, I would say um, certainly Charlotte Mason has, has shaped my educational views more than any other um, educational mentor. Mm-hmm. Jody, do you have some? I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'm, I need a minute. Right. Well, I was just kind of like, I think about the books that are on my shelves and they're so, they're so varied. I don't know if there's necessarily any one. I, I remember reading a lot growing up of, you know, some of my favorites were Anne of Green Gables and thinking about how Marilla took this little ragamuffin orphan and the kind of things that they both taught each other, but how Marilla loved her by the end of, of her time there that she, when she first came and, and the kind of relationships that you see in some of those, those books that I loved, I can't even think of some of the ones that I just really loved at this point. I should have had a list, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Other for me, because I use Ambleside online and Jody does as well, the um, various advisory members there that have helped me think through and work out um, Charlotte Mason's principles in in a more technical way through the curriculum. Mm-hmm. I think of like Karen Glass's books, um, certainly as an educator and um, mentoring sort of in my in my faith. R.C. Sproul uh, he had a huge impact as a mentor in um, Reformed theology for both my husband and myself. Mm-hmm. I love I love reading some of those theological sort of. Things. I like R.C. Sproul. I like Michael Porton. Just thinking through some of those big ideas theologically have been fun to see how it, how it plays out in education, too, with the kind of things that we read in morning time. Uh, one thing that we're reading right now is Little Britches and the mentorship between yeah. the dad and, and his kids there is just so fun to, to read about and see what's going on. I just, all of those books that we read, I guess, you see a lot of the parent-children relationships and and mentoring how that's happening and in even things that are not specifically said. So it's in it can be informal as well as formal. And and those those living books do contain all kinds of living ideas, including seeing characters and, and their relationships with one another and how they guide and, and lead one another as well. Um, well, Proverbs tells us that there is a friend who is closer than a brother. And I think today we would also add, and a sister. 
And I'm so thankful we had the time to share with, with Jamie and Jody, um, who are moms and friends and sisters. And y'all are a beautiful example of women who work hard at the tasks to which you've been called and you do it with joy. So I pray that the Lord continues to bless you as you continue to serve Him in your families. Thank you for being here.